Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. You know, the, uh, all this week, especially the last three or four days, I, I, I keep hearing within my spirit like this, and it just flows into this. And it's just, it's just like if I had 100 questions that I could ask Jesus, and if he was right there, he has the same answer. If, if you asked him, what size are your slippers? He would say, I'm king. If you asked him, is, this, is, this, is it going to rain? Is it going to be cloudy? He said, I am king. If you said, is there going to be enough money this month? He says, I am king. But, 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 but what about this medical thing? Is, is, is it going to? He says, I am king. I am king. I am king. I am king. I'm telling you, he is the king of kings. Now, who's those other kings? <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. The king is here. I said the king is here. Amen. Come on now, let's don't have don't 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 be churchy on me, okay? I said the king is here. Hallelujah. Now now watch here. You might say, well, why would he want to come to Jemison? Uh he made it. You ain't gonna think much of it, but he made it. Huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> better watch, you better watch talking about the real estate that the Lord made. He thinks, he thinks it's good. Amen. Genesis, he said, it's very good. <laughs> Ooh, and he likes you. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you just about a good-looking thing. <laughs> Amen. You may be seated for just a moment. We're going to give you an opportunity to give in the tithes this morning. So if you need an offering envelope, this is Tithes and Offers. We will have an offering at the end for the Stone Throwers Ministry. And uh, if you need to, you only have one check, then that, that'll be fine. But you just need to tell us what's what. And uh, But if you need an offering, offering envelope this morning for the tithe, uh, this is when we're going to do that. And when, once again, special offering at the end of the service. Tonight we'll have a, our, our, the second service to be at 6.30 tonight. You don't want to miss that. And it's going to be extremely good. It just, uh, this was kind of a the, almost last minute thing. They were going to be here, turns out. And I told them, I said, you got to go past us to go home. I just can't imagine you going past us to go home. And so uh, they, uh, <clears throat> they agreed to stop by. So glad that they did. And I appreciate them for that. You know, uh, when we receive the tithe, it's not something different we're doing in the service. It's still an act of the worship. Everything about him is worship. Amen. We're here to worship Jesus, right? And it's because of him that we that he has given us all things freely to enjoy. And so everything that he everything that we have belongs to him, not five or ten percent or twenty percent. Everything that he has. And so here we're all we're doing is we're acknowledging him and his kingship and his goodness to us. And so we do this as an act of our worship. And we remember, even under the old covenant, they would take and they would bring it to the priest in those days and they would put it in a basket. And then they would remember where God brought them from and where he had to take them to. Have you ever thought about where God has brought you from? Can you remember back? Now, that's not our testimony in the sense of we want to drag up a bunch of things. But it does us good to remember what he brought us out of. 
and what he brought us into. Amen. Right? He translated you out of the kingdom of, not bad, darkness, separation, and brought us into the kingdom yeah. of his dear son, the son of his love. Yeah. Where do you, where, where do you live? I live in love. In the sun. Glory to God. How many know God's not mad this morning? Isn't it something when there's someone in the universe who knows everything about you and they still like you? <laughs> I mean, they know it all. There's some things you're not even willing to tell your spouse after all these years, and I'm going to call that wisdom sometimes. <laughs> there's just some things that just you and the Lord need to talk, know about. And then I think you ought to forget them also. Let me read this verse to you. I hath not seen, nor hath ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God hath, hath prepared for them. The Amplified says it this way. This is the female version. God hath made and kept ready. Oh, he's made it and he kept it ready. You say, where's it at? It's ready. <laughs> it couldn't be ready unless he made it. He made and what? Kept ready. Uh -huh. And it's ready because he, he made it. When Ford comes up with a car, they keep five years of inventory parts for that car before they make the, before the, the first one rolls off the assembly line of a new car that they're about to introduce. They inventory five years of parts for that car, of every part, in case something goes wrong. That's called being ready and God is ready aren't you glad that he's not making this up as we go he's not trying to figure it out or work it out he has made it and it is ready and he is prepared mm -mm. now y'all need to loosen up a little bit because I'm not, I'm not turning you over to them like that <laughs> huh Hang on, I, I, I think it's. No, it doesn't say Presbyterian. No. Y'all Pentecostal. Y'all word people. Y'all charismatics. Huh? Now I told you years ago, if you ha if you hold them hallelujahs in, ladies, you're gonna expand it to hips. Man, you're gonna get a bigger belly right here. For so no other reason, you just need to let it go. <clears throat> When's the last time you actually got to shout? Hmm? Oh, last night when, you know, Auburn and Alabama won last night. Manhandling. Did you shout there? Did you leave a shout for Jesus this morning? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he's got my stuff, he's made it, and he's kept it. And now it's being delivered unto me. The Lord is my shepherd, I do not lack. Huh? What do you tell lack? Jesus is king. What do you tell your body? Jesus is king. They say, well, you're getting old. Jesus is king. Right? Moses went up the hill at 120 years of age. His natural forces were not abated, and God said, you have to die. He said, how do you do that? God said, come on up the mountain, and I'll talk to you about it. And he just went up there and went to sleep. 
Hallelujah. And we put up these signs at 40, 40 to 40 at, at a birthday party. I know it's jokes, but we put these signs in people's yards. Lordy, Lordy, Joe Bob 40. Then we, and we start planning his funeral. But his word is quick, alive, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Put your, put your tithe and put it in your hand. You're offering whatever. Shake it around. Say, I'm in it to win it because it's already been won. I'm not going to victory. I'm coming back from one. Say, Jesus went there, purchased it, purchased me, redeemed me, cleansed me, washed me, healed me. I'm whole. I'm healthy. I'm prosperous. I'm good looking. Huh? Say with me. Say, have money. Feel good. We'll travel. <laughs> now, there's nothing to be sad about. Right? So can you worship the Lord just a moment with your tithe and offering? Ushers, if you'll come. I'm not going to pray. Just go, ahead and, just, just go ahead and thank Jesus. And let this be extension. Now, I'm going to ask Sandy to come up after Marta's through. And I want, I want to break into their time. But let's just continue. Father, we just worship you, glorify you, magnify you. You're so good. Thank you for all that you've given us. Thank that you, if you was going to spare anything, you'd have spared Jesus. But you wouldn't spare Jesus. But you delivered him up for us all. And now, shall you now with him also freely give us all things, all things, all things to enjoy. So I just worship you. <laughs> I just give you the praise and the honor and the glory. You're such a good God. You're such a good God. I know the angels in heaven are going around the throne and saying, holy, holy, holy. But you've got a family on earth who's excited down here also, sir. So we're just saying from our side to your side, the other part of the family that's here on the earth, we're saying, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. And worthy is he to be praised. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You may receive the offering.
this church and I mean I know a lot of churches are into the river and you know though but for some reason with this church I just always hear river I'm gonna sing a song I think I even sang the last time I was here but there is something the Lord is doing about a river in this church and I don't know where it's gonna all the all the streams that it's gonna flow to and through but there is something about a river in this church did it used to be called a river church I don't know it's just something I, I always hear that when I come to this church. So anyways, we just thank you, Lord, for that. Let's just sing about that. Before I sing that, though, let me, you know what, let's go to, um, real quick, because I, I think this, I need to just read this over the house. Let's just read it over the house. Isaiah 55. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Maybe that's what's happening in the river here. <laughs> Folk are going to come and drink out of, out of this place. Amen. Even if you have no money, come. Take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Huh. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples? I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Come on, touch your neighbor. Say, he made you glorious. Come on, touch somebody and then touch them back. Say, he made you glorious. Sir, right here, he made you glorious. <laughs> Hallelujah. Seek the Lord while you can find him. 
call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from heaven and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. Tell your neighbor that. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song. Come on, these are promises, so you got to hold on to that. you got to believe that as the word of God. That's the word. You will live in joy and peace. I will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Come on. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. You prospering brings honor to his name. Do you see that? The more he prospers you, you bring glory to his name. Don't ever fear the, and, and fight the prosperity that God wants to bring upon your life. It's to bring him glory. It was never about you that you would be prospering anyways. It was always about his glory. Amen? So you will even uh, prosper and bring God glory. Um, to, uh, it says, these events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and his love. Amen. Amen. Come to the water, all who are thirsty. Come and drink. Come to the table, all who are hungry. Come and feast. Let's sing that again. Come to the water, all who are thirsty. Come and drink. Come to the table, all who are hungry.
This morning and we see how good you are you are a good good father you are a loving father you are a grace filled father you are a hope filled father you are a mercy filled father and we thank you for your unlimited undying unconditional love poured out to each and every one of us on an individual basis on a corporate level father because your desire is that your family exists in unity of your love together and we give you praise this morning for all that you're going to speak to us for what you're going to to do among us we thank you that you have already begun moving on our behalf even in places and areas that we may not see yet but we rejoice and are exceedingly glad now for all that you are doing and we thank you in Jesus name amen you may be seated we've already been in intercession for every one of you this morning we left the hotel got in the car turned it on started driving and went into intercession and I went across the freeway instead of turning on the freeway so we ended up in Calera for a minute and thought, wait, this doesn't look familiar. And then it dawned on me that I had forgotten to get on 65. So we turned around and went back. But I want, the point is, I want you to know you've already been prayed for this morning. Amen. You've already been prayed for this morning. Amen. God is doing a mighty thing among us, all of us. Um, I want to bring a word forth this morning. It's a powerful word. It's a word of truth. How many of you know, you, we, we don't need any more maybes and what ifs and woulda coulda shouldas we need truth amen because god builds his kingdom up on truth jesus said i'm the way the truth and the life and jesus is the foundation of kingdom so um but tonight i want to um i want to give you time to in your spirit and in your soul to begin to prepare for tonight if you're coming back um I'm bringing a word for tonight. I don't bring this word very often, but I bring it when the Lord says do it in this house. And every time I brought this word forth, this will be the 
I think the fourth time, um, this will be the third time this year and the fourth time collectively that I've brought forth this word. But each time that it's come forth, God has broken debt off of the house, off of the individuals. And I don't just mean financial debt, though we've gotten many testimonies of financial debt, vehicles being brand new vehicles being uh, given and paid off and gotten two for one and given one away. We've seen people who heard testimony of people who had over $100,000 in medical bills at a hospital to be paid. They were trying to make monthly payments. They called to to see if they could get an extension. They weren't even found in the system. So the hospital wrote it off. Um, I'm telling you, and the Lord said, bring this word tonight. So here's what I want you to do. Every time we bring forth this word, because it's a, it's, we're a body, we're a family. It's not you're off doing your thing and I'm off doing my thing and then we all come together on Sunday. How you doing? What went on? We are a family. And so this word is so powerful. We're going to collectively in unity receive it tonight. Amen. Because sometimes where um, um, I've been through some things this last year where um, I, it's not that I couldn't have faith for myself. Um, I was I needed help. If that makes sense. And, and Marla um, would raise up and she would be the voice of faith when I couldn't get the words out. And we have to begin to understand what it is to, to respond and to react and to live life with each other in that way. Um, re- reality can be real, but reality isn't always truth. I'm going to say again, our reality is real, but our reality is not always truth. And we're trying to get to truth. Amen. We want to be in truth. So we're going to all give something tonight. If it's pocket lint, I don't care what it is. You're going to put something in the offering tonight. And you'll understand it more tonight when I bring the word forth. Um, if you, if finances is, it, you just do not have it, bring something that has sweat equity in it. If you make jelly, Bring a, you've put sweat and work into making that. Yeah. Bring a, a jar of jelly. Don't go to the supermarket and buy one that's half off. No, something that has cost you something. Do you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Something that you put, if you're a man and you do woodwork, bring, bring something. We've seen all kinds of things come into this offering. But when people, you're going to get a revelation tonight that I don't, that, that it changed my life. And I, anything that changes my life, I want to share it with my family. Yeah. Amen. I want my family to experience the same blessings that I've been able to experience when God gives me something. So invite somebody tonight. Um, I believe the debt of health is going to be canceled tonight. I believe the debt of uh, fear is going to be canceled tonight. I believe the debt of finance. I believe the debt of bad relationship is going to be canceled tonight. There's all kinds of debt. There's all kinds of things that we feel indebted to. It's not always just finance. And we need to understand that the only one we're ever to be indebted to is Jesus Christ. And then that's not even a debt. 
<laughs> that is a privilege. And, that's, and the, de- the hard part of being in Christ, do you know what the hardest part is? Is just receiving his love. That we can't do anything to say, to, to, to say, well, I did this so he should. No, 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 no. No, no, no. And, and if, you have, if you struggle receiving, if you, have strugg- if you struggle receiving from him, then you'll always struggle receiving from one another. And that's what causes tears in the family of God. And this morning I want to talk about, so, so invite people tonight. But if you invite them and when you invite them, be sure you sow the seed and let them know what they need to, to do. Prepare their spirit, prepare, prepare their, their soul, their emotion, their thought, their will to bring something that they put sweat into. Bring it to the Lord. Amen. All right. This morning I want to talk about something that's very, um, if we were sitting around a table in the house, just having a meal together. It's one of those intimate conversations that you have at the table uh, with family members. And if you're one that likes titles, I'll give you a title. It's called Relationships Under Fire. Because we are in love and loved by a relational God, then everything in our life becomes relational. We're, we're, no man is an island. We're not in and of ourselves all alone out here trying to do life. God never intended it that way. That's why he's made us all different. That's why each one of us has different gifts. That's why each one of us has different interests. That's why each one of us um, is, is smart in different areas. It's because we need each other. I need you, you need me. If you wanted, uh, who doesn't cook in here? Who does not cook in here? Oh, wow, everybody cooks in here. All right, go go ahead. This is the wrong house to ask this question. (laughs) No, I was going to say, if you just woke up and thought, man, all I can think about is some good homemade fried chicken. I'm not talking about Popeye's chicken. I'm not talking about church's chicken. In Louisiana, they have brother's chicken. I'm not talking about brother's chicken. I'm talking about homemade fried chicken. I'm your girl. You would want my chicken. So what I'm trying to say is we go to the one who understands. If I, need, if I want my oil changed or need my oil changed, I could probably get down on one of those little things that get up under the car and do, I do a lot of stuff. I do the washer fluid. I can, um, I can jump a car. I can, you know, the battery, um, I can, um, pour oil in, but I've never actually done the changing of it. Well, I'm going to go to somebody who does that and really understands it better than I do. You understand? We need each other. And the enemy's not Stupid in the sense that he knows that God is a relational God. And he knows that the family of God is a relational entity extension of who he is. And so the enemy knows if I can begin to attack relationships and if I can begin to kill relationships, not only if I can make the people, look, here's a relationship that he, 
He comes, he comes against the relationship of us and food. Oh, see, we don't want to look at that one, but what he does. And his thinking is if I can make them sick, if I can cause them to be unhealthy, to where when the alarm goes off on a Sunday morning, they go, oh, I just can't do this. I, I got to do Monday through Friday. I need just one more day. Just, all this stuff that he begins to feed into our spirit, not our spirit, but into our minds. He begins to feed into our minds. The relationship between food, the relationship between things that uh, 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 may be weaknesses in our life that in the past possibly have caused addiction. Our relationship to one another, our relationship to, to coworkers, every relationship, our relationship to finance, our relationship to money, Every relationship in our life, the enemy is looking at and trying to bring it to a place of attack because his main purpose is to cause us to walk isolated and divided and alone. Because that's exactly opposite of God's unity, togetherness, many yet one. So the enemy goes to try to mess up relationships, and it's because God is a relational God. He is not a religious God. He is a relational God. We cry out for his grace, and every time we cry out for grace, do you know what God hears? He's hearing us say, Lord, bring me into your realm. Bring me into your realm of freedom. Bring me into your realm of freedom and take me out of the law of my mind. Because, see, we all set up laws of relationship in our own mind. I'll only go this far, and then I know I won't get hurt. At work, I'm going to go this far. I'll eat lunch with them. I'll be nice. Um, I'll let them know how much I won't talk too much about God because I'll respect all that. And I'll go this far. But I'm not going out with them afterwards. I've got stuff I have to go do. I'm not going to spend any quality time with them that God may be wanting me to do because I have other things I need to go. We set up laws in our own mind. And usually the laws are to protect us from getting hurt. Well, let me help everybody in here this morning. If you've never known hurt and you've lived your, a life of, of law in your head, the laws that you live by so you won't be hurt, you're missing a whole lot. Because you only understand the depth of love on the heels of hurt. We can only understand how deep love truly goes on the heels of being hurt. And there are many who are leaving the body of Christ right now. They're, they're leaving churches. They're playing flip-flop. They're, they're trying to go all over because they've been hurt or they've hurt someone. And it's an okay, it's a good thing because in a minute they're going to understand the depth of the love that God has for them. And when we begin to understand the depth of love that God has for us, then we begin to receive the love that comes from one another. But we cannot receive what we don't. We cannot give what we've never, what we don't receive. If we don't have it, we can't give it. And so God is allowing 
some of this stuff to be taking place because he's getting us in position to give out what we have received ourselves. Amen? His love draws us to himself through Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. And we give our life to Jesus. Then we become one flesh with Christ. And that brings us into the relationship with Father God. Ephesians 5, 25 through 32 says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Listen, we, I, grew up in the, I grew up in the Methodist church. Methodists are great people. They're, they're, um, well, at least my church was a word church. They, they, were, they were very much um, word-based. But the bad things that we were to stay away from was smoking, drinking, chewing, tobacco, from Texas, not that I would ever do that, that's nasty. Um, movies on Sunday, shopping on Sunday, um, those were the biggies, those were the biggies. So I grew up believing that if I stayed away from all of those, I could be holy and without blemish until Holy Spirit brought me into the revelation that there's way more to being holy than just the things I don't do. To be holy means you have to have received something from someone who is holy, and his name is God. And the thing, and the, and, uh, the Bible says in 1 Peter, I believe it is, 4, 7, and 8, I think, God is love. <laughs> so if I, can re- if I say I have God, but I do not love, or I cannot love, or I cannot receive love, I don't have God because he is love. Okay? So to be holy and without blemish means I've had to receive a love from him. And that's hard. It's hard to sit in your mess in the middle of who you know you are when nobody is looking. And know that God is still right there with you with his arm around you, whispering in your ear, kissing you on the cheek in the midst of your mess. And when we can begin to see ourselves... In the middle of our, we know when we act. We know when we get in those places. And instead of saying, I got to, ugh, I, I got to get, I got to clean up so I can go talk to the Lord. No, no, no. He's right there. And when we can begin to visualize and get a real in our spirit understanding that that is who he is to us. Then the next time someone comes at us or against us or to us to to try to break us down or to try to let us know what their opinion of us or we have to be able to sit there with our arm around them, whisper to them, kiss them on the cheek and continue to love them in the middle of misunderstanding. And there's too much of that not happening right now in the body of Christ. And the enemy is rejoicing. And we're becoming further and further and further apart from one another. God's saying, this is the season. Bring yourselves closer and closer and closer 
together. Allow unity to begin to have its work. And what is the promise of unity? The commanded blessing of the Lord. The commanded blessing of the Lord. Everywhere God sees unity, he says, I'll command my blessing. And that's life evermore. Amen. Uh, Let's see. Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. In other words, if we can show, if we can pour love out, then we're showing that we've received love. And we actually look at ourselves and say, I, I love what God has done. I love what God is, how God has made me. I love what God has done in me. I love God. And I've received his love. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body. Um... Of his flesh and of his bones. Now, reference back to Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. God says, uh, prophesy breath to the bones. Why would the bones live when prophesied to? Speaking life. But there had to be life that remained in the bones. Look at, had to be life that remained in the bones because the Bible says right here, we are members of his body and of his flesh and his bones. We do nothing in and of ourselves. Even the very dust that man, that man was created from received the breath of God to make the bones of Christ come alive. So we never in and of ourselves out here having to, God didn't leave us that way to have to function in and of ourselves. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Now this is an entire, this is a picture of who we are to Jesus. All right. So we should leave father and mother and family issues to be joined to Christ. We are, uh, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two become one flesh. It's not this, the husband has his life and his thing and his checking account, and the wife has her life, her thing, and her checking account, and they coexist and learn how to get along with each other. No, God says, I'm going to create an entirely different entity. The one flesh becomes a totally different entity than what either one has ever known. When we come into Christ through relationship, we become, God's saying, okay, I'm going to begin to create an entirely different entity than what they've ever known, what you've ever known. Your life won't even sound like it's always sounded. And some of us wonder why we begin to get irritated now around certain family functions. And we all have some nuts in our family. And things that we've done year after year after year after year have never changed. We wonder why we become irritated. Well, it's because God has created and you've begun to allow him to do the work of creating one flesh with him in you. 
And that entity doesn't look, doesn't sound, doesn't act, doesn't feel, doesn't smell, and doesn't taste like anything we've ever experienced before. And the enemy's trying to stop that. Now, I brought all that about the marriage because I want to bring out some truth of where we are right now. Our society does not even understand the commitment to one flesh. In fact, we have gotten to the point in our world that marriage has become about the big event, the venue, the dress, the meal, the reception, the bachelor party, the bachelorette party, the exotic honeymoons. We were involved in a wedding a couple of years ago, and we, uh, I don't remember how we even ended up with the bride and her parents at the venue to discuss everything, but um, we were there, and the bride and groom kept saying, oh, no, 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 it's, it's only going to be, the ceremony, it's only going to be about 15 minutes because people, people are coming for the reception. We're, we're, we're wanting the reception afterwards. Now, this is a, these are, this is a Christian couple. This was a Christian couple. They're not interested in the ceremony or the commitment they're about to make. They're more interested in the emphasis on the reception. What am I saying? I'm saying that we have become so desensitized, so desensitized to the, the spiritual act or the spiritual commitment, the spiritual covenant that we are truly about to enter. And if we look at society and marriage of today, actually we can get a glimpse of what the body of Christ and her relationship to Jesus is about looking like. And there are very, very few, I'm going to be real careful because I know we're live streaming, but there are very, very, very few houses who have chosen to keep the pure flow of the Spirit of God going through the house. It's a hard thing to watch churches growing and just blowing out all around you. It's a hard thing to sit and watch growth going all around you and you're sitting in yours and it's looking like it's becoming less and diminishing and becoming less and less. And we begin to go, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Why, why? Well, you're not doing anything wrong. You chose the greater. You chose the pure. You chose to stay real. You chose to not be um, influenced by what is popular. You chose to not look like everybody else in mainstream. Sometimes God doesn't want us in mainstream. There are many things, phenomenal things, that happen to people of God who don't choose to go in the mainstream. Some of y'all are looking at me, I don't know. It's okay. The more of the love of God that you begin to allow into your life, you're going to begin to see his hand and his thumb and his fingerprints all over the place. Some places he's kept you from. This is a prophetic word for somebody. Some places he's kept you from because it would have killed you. The thing that you thought you had been passed over 
God says, I did it on purpose because to put you in that position would have killed you. To truly be committed to becoming one flesh, we have to posture ourselves to receive, to be one flesh. We must surrender and submit our own will to become empty of ourselves so that we can be filled up, fulfilled in Christ. Now, if you turn in your uh, Bible, I'll just give you some scripture. You don't have to turn to each one of them, but you can go back and study this out. But Luke 10 is the story of Mary and Martha. It happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. We, we become distracted with much serving and much doing. She approached him and she said, Lord, do you not even care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good part. Jesus calls it the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, if you look at John 11, the story of Lazarus, the very last part of it was that Mary who anointed the uh, Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus is dead. They send word to Jesus. He says, um, okay, I'm going to wait two more days. <laughs> Lazarus is put in a tomb. Jesus, two days pass. He begins his trip. Uh, to go see Lazarus. Well, before he even gets into the town, Martha gets word that he's on his way. She runs out, begins to Lord, it's too late. He's already dead. Somebody tells Mary, who's in the house, Martha's out there. She's down the road speaking to Jesus. She gets up. She runs out there. When she gets to him, she falls at his feet. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many of us have said this year, Lord, if you had been here, Lord, if you had been with me, this never would have happened. Jesus says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So even the moments when we say, Jesus, if you had been here, he was there. He is there. He is here. Uh, behold, the, the woman with the alabaster flask uh, of oil, St. Mary, says that she stood at his feet behind him weeping. She washed his feet. She kissed his feet. Mary is always found at the feet of Jesus. What is it about his feet? I'm not really a feet person. I'll be honest. <laughs> Unless they're... Pedicured feet. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just being real. But Mary is always found at the feet of Jesus. Well, that stuck out to me. Every account we read of Mary, this Mary, Martha's sister, she's found at the feet of Jesus. So I looked up the word feet. And it comes from the Greek word P-O-U-S, house, which means as a disciple are listening to their teacher's instructions, these people are said to be at his feet. 
So the posture, the posture that we are to be taking in this hour is to be at the feet of Jesus in an attitude of receiving, being disciplined, being discipled. And too many of us, the moment instruction or the the moment discipling begins, we get an edge on us, we get mad, we want to get up and we want to run, and the enemy is just clapping us on. When God might have been saying in that moment, you need to stay right where you are and trust in me. I have put these people in your life, around your life, on purpose, for a purpose, for my purpose, for this season of your growth. Because what we fail to realize too often is we are in, always in a season of growth. Not every season looks the same, but it's still a season. Amen? Just like uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall. They don't look the same, but they're all seasons. So the seasons of growth may not all look the same, but they're still seasons. And until we learn that we stay put, even when someone brings us a word of instruction, when they bring, it in, when they bring the word of instruction, but it's coming in the love that they've already received from the Heavenly Father, and He's creating a family... He's building a family in unity, then we shouldn't be offended because I want to, our attitude is I want to see you arrive. I want to see you achieve. I want to see you prosper to the degree that God has spoken over your life that you would prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. In other words, I want more, I want it more for you than I want it for myself. Because when I can live in that place and say, I truly do want it more for you than I want it for myself, I don't have to worry. You know why? Because I'm secure in who I am in him. I'm secure and I'm in confidence in who I am in him. So when I see all this growth happening all around me, other churches growing and expanding out the walls and all this, I'm still safe and secure and confident in who I am in Christ Because I've been pouring myself out. I've positioned or I've postured myself to receive from Christ. And when I do that, I have all confidence that God knows who I need in my life, what I need in my life, where I need to be in my life, and when I need to be there. Because he has people strategically positioned throughout my journey who are going to meet me at a right now time. I wouldn't want to be anyplace else than where I am right now today, this weekend. I enjoyed the conference. I knew we were coming to do the conference, but the moment I knew we were coming to Jemison, that conference, I couldn't get finished quick enough. Now, that may sound weird to some of y'all, but that's the truth. I could get finished fast enough to switch hotels, get to Calera, and know that we're here in Jemison with these guys. Because, see, we may, be bringing work, we may be bringing our gifts up into the house, but you all have gifts that you are pouring out on us. And that God is, God is trying to give us a picture of what he's doing. He's trying to give us a visual of what he's doing right now. Martha became very distracted. The Bible even uses the word distracted. She was distracted 
with much serving. And I want to give you a, a sisterly heads up. If you're one that is easily distracted, this is not the season to be caught off guard and to be distracted. This is the season to be calculating. Calculate every move that you make. Why am I going here? Who's sending me here? Who's sending me here? Am I doing it for self-indulgence? Am I doing it to... Why am I calling this person? Women are really bad about... Why am I calling... Am I really calling her because I truly want her to join with me in prayer? Or am I calling her because I want her to know what I'm going through and I want her just a little bit to give me a little bit of sympathy and a little bit of attention? We do it. Y'all know we do. But this is a season to be very calculated and know why we do what we do, why we're involving those that we're involving. Because, see, they may be on a journey that you have no, no understanding of. You have... No whisper of where they're at. And for you to bring your stuff and your mess up in their situation, do you know what I'm saying? God is teaching us to walk with him. He's teaching us to be in him. He's teaching us how important the one flesh is. Because see, when we're one flesh, then everything the word says, as he is, so are we in this world. And I've lately been adding the word in all caps, now to it because I need that for my life as you are Jesus so am I in this world now I am that now I am that now you are whole I am whole now you are peace I am peace now you are joy I am joy now and that's that's the best scripture to understand one flesh. And the enemy will always get a hint of where of the word of the Lord or what God is doing or the direction that he's moving. He quickly will go and create a counterfeit. And distractions come through counterfeit. I hope that helps you. So if you know that you're being distracted, there's a difference between being distracted and being led by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know the difference now in your life, you need to begin to pray and ask the Lord. Ask Holy Spirit. He'll make it so clear to you. You'll know what's a distraction and you'll know what's a leading. That can't be taught. I said in this conference as I was teaching on prophetic intercession. But intercession is one of those gifts that cannot be taught. It can only be caught. And there are many things in God you cannot teach that they cannot be taught. They can only be caught. And why is that? Because it's the spirit or the very essence of who God is. I cannot teach you who I am. I cannot teach you who I am. But to spend enough time around me or us to spend time together, you will eventually catch, catch the essence of who I am. Does that make sense? That's a better way to say it. So there are some things in God right now that we just, they cannot be taught. We can give you word. We can walk with you through them. But there are some things that the body of Christ are having to catch on an individual basis right now. Because the one flesh is a sign of our commitment. 
is a sign of our commitment that we have walked into the covenant with God. Jesus said Mary chose the better part, the good part. That's what he said, the good part. And if Jesus said that she chose the good part, then I'm going to choose the good part. And I'm going to posture myself. I'm going to stay at his feet. I'm going to receive from him. Even when I know, even when it's hard, I am one I would much rather give than have to receive from anybody. That's not a good thing. It's really not good. But I'm having to learn, still learning, still learning. Because some of my past, some of my past and some of the voices of the past, when people don't know, they have no clue of the true situation. Some of those voices, when I would receive, would start talk. Oh, well, look at that. Or she had to have her mom and daddy raise up and help her. So the enemy is constantly trying to bring things back to us. The enemy's constantly trying to bring things back to us in our present right now that would keep us from being, it, it, this is, that's just my example. And he constantly brings things back to me that would stifle or try to stop me receiving of God right now. And that's, that's really a place where I'm at right now is trying to receive beyond the knowledge that I have of my past. Because to receive from God means you have to move beyond your own thinking and you have to move beyond your own reasoning. And I believe that's what this scripture, uh, what Jesus is really saying. I don't know what's happened to my iPad, but it has gone. Mm. Well, thank you, Lord, for technology. But it don't work. <laughs> so... Heal the iPad. Bring me a new iPad. I don't need it. I got your word. Thank you, Lord. Let me turn to Luke. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? Devil be doing all kind of stupid stuff. You think you're going to shut me down because of the iPad? I don't think so. I go back to a landline, too. It won't bother me. <laughs> Mm-mm. I am not going to be indebted to technology. No way. Devil is a lie. All right. Um, let's see. He used the word, where I was I? He used the word, the good part. Here we are, 42. One thing is needed and only that, that Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken away from her. Every time Jesus finds us postured at his feet, the time will never be taken away from us. When he finds us postured to receive from him, that time can only be added to, never taken away from. That's why the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. As we learn to posture ourselves 
as Mary postured herself, not as Martha did. Not only is she distracted, but the Lord goes on and, and the Lord goes on to say that she is worried and troubled about many things. The further away from Jesus you are, though you are serving, the further away from Christ you are, though you are serving and doing good things, you will be worried, you will be troubled, you will be fearful. Or let me say, the, 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 you have created your atmosphere to be worried, to be troubled, to be fearful of many things, though you're trying to do a good thing. Stay close to the feet of Jesus. Because the, at his feet, the good part, it will never be taken away. And look at this. Martha stood complaining. Martha stood calling out what everybody else wasn't doing. She, she stood there complaining. Well, it's, it, it, this isn't looking right. Look, we've got all these people in here. We need to host them. We need to feed them. I'm the only one in the kitchen uh, getting ready to, to take care of the needs of the people. Honey... We can't do anything for anybody in and of ourselves. Until we've been at the feet of Jesus, we are no good for anybody else. We've got nothing to give anybody else. And in this entire story, Jesus speaks on behalf of Mary, not on behalf of Martha. Jesus will always speak. God will always speak on behalf of one who has postured themselves to receive from him. He does not speak for the complainer. That's why when we pray, that's why when we pray, it will waste your time, it will waste your tears, it will waste your energy, and waste your strength. If when you go to pray, all you can do is take the Lord a list of things that you need him to move on. He doesn't speak for the complainer. He doesn't speak for the... And we think that being broken down and hurt, and we don't think that's complaining. But in the eyes of God, it is complaining because it's totally opposite of who we are in Christ. That's why when we go to pray... So we don't pray amiss. Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us or concerning you. When we go to pray, we pray the word. We pray the word. We don't take a list because our list will be what we think, how we think the outcome should be, how we believe the, the answer should be. Pastor's already said the only answer, I am king, I am king, I am king, I am king. And if, if we're people who don't really want to know what God says, and that's his answer to us, we're going to become very frustrated. <laughs> because most of us don't want to make, take another step until we know what it looks like, and God has given us a five-year plan to let us know what's going to happen the next 12 months if we go this way. Well, then there's no reason for trust, correct? And, and, and what trust is graduated faith. And the word says without faith, 
It's impossible to please God. I want to please God. I want to stay at his feet. This is the only thing he's held to. I'll give you a quick testimony. My son and daughter-in-law and their little family lost everything in the Harvey hurricane. Their house flooded up to the roof. About five days after they had been able to get into the house and they began to demolish everything, I got a text from my daughter in love. And she said, Mom, see, I can't call her daughter-in-law. She's my love. I had boys. And she's like my daughter. She lets me be, both my daughter-in-loves let me be mom to them. Yeah, I love that. But anyway, she texted me and she said, Mom, I was in Ashton's room, that's my oldest grandson, and I literally had to take a crowbar. He had some built-in bookshelves in his room. She had to take a crowbar to get the books out of the shelf because they were, had soaked and they had swelled. She had to take a crowbar to get the books out. She said, but all three of Ashton's Bibles didn't get soaked. Didn't have a bit of water on them. They were on the very top shelf. In 2012, Marla and I were on our way back from a conference in Jacksonville, Florida. We were headed to New Orleans to minister. It was on a Saturday. We needed to be there for Sunday. And the last sign we saw was 13 miles to Mobile. Well, it's like we got caught in a crazy storm. In fact, the trooper highway patrol thought we may have even gotten caught in, in the swirl of a tornado. But we flipped in our vehicle. And when we came to a halt and, and landed, we were actually in the median in about 18 inches of water. Everything was just nasty in the car, it's just soaked and nasty. And we had just left the conference. We were still in our conference clothes. We had just opened the back door, put our Bibles and things on the back seat. Um, and then this happened. And when the, the trooper, when the police officers let me go back to the car to get our stuff, everything was soaked. I mean, everything. It had all slid off the back seat and was wet. Our two Bibles were the only thing that were salvageable and not wet. Now, I shared that with you because of this. God's word is the only thing he's held to. He protects his word, literally protects his word. So knowing that, why would we even begin to go to prayer trying to pray what we think, what we feel, or what we believe it should be? Why would we not go to prayer with a sure thing? Why would we not go into prayer and truly stand on the promise of his word, knowing that if it says as he is, so am I right now. He came that, and, and, and that he sent his, God sent his word that I might be healed, that every disease would be uh, annihilated. It's his desire that I would prosper in all things, the word says, and be in health as my soul prospers. 
Do you not think the enemy knows that if I can keep their emotions, their will, and their thoughts from prospering, I can shut them down completely? Because, see, guys, once we begin to prosper in our thoughts, and once we begin to prosper in our will, and the way you prosper in your will is tell the Lord, I'm closing myself off. I need to have that Gethsemane moment where I lay my will down and I receive your will. Does that make sense? And God is calling the body of Christ to a place of one flesh now. Get serious about our oneness with him. Get serious about who we are in him and who we allow him to be in us. And that's really the thing. We are nothing. We're just a vessel. And get to the place where we say, Father, whatever you want to do through me, I'm available. I'm willing. I may not like it, but I'm going to choose the good thing or the good part. And I'm going to stay at your feet because that won't be taken away from me. And allow the word truly. This is a word, this is a word of faith body. And how many of us truly allow the word to work in our life? How many of us truly allow the word to prosper our soul? Joyce Myers, I think the greatest book I've ever read was The Battlefield of the Mind. Because that's where things for us in these earth suits, that's where many things are birthed. From early, 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 early on as young, young children. And that's why it's so imperative that once we become saved and once we understand that our salvation is truly about a person, a spirit coming and living inside of us. <clears throat> that's why it's imperative that at that moment we begin to even let him have our mind let this mind be in me that is in Christ Jesus. I cannot tell you how many times this past year I have prayed that, Lord, God, let your mind be in my mind. Let your eyes be my eyes. Let your ears be my ears. Because Jesus is always speaking. He speaks on behalf of the one who has chosen the good part. He doesn't speak for the one who brings a list and complains. Why? Because he sent his word. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with. Word was. Word still is. God. He came in the flesh. We have to begin to allow the word to be alive inside of us. It's a simple song I want to sing over the house um, right now. It's a love song. And it's a song that has begun to really, when I feel like the enemy's coming in to try to dis cause me to be distracted or be worried or be troubled, I've just, this has just become my favorite song. It's become my anthem right now. And I just want to sing it over you because the truth is when you're in love, I remember being in love one time. And the truth is, when you're in love, you can just sit and stare at each other for hours. Is that right? I remember that. 
And some of us need to just sit and stare into the face of Jesus. Amen. Because too often we forget. We are His glory. We are His glory. And the Word says that His glory is going to cover, cover the face of the earth. And that's in the very near future. And it's going to happen because men and women of God who truly are in that love, one flesh relationship with Jesus Christ have allowed him to come forth to be the glory. Amen. Amen. To see your face in all of your beauty to know your grace in all of your glory this is my cry oh Lord my heart's desire oh Lord to see your face to know your grace this is my cry to see receive your grace and understand that your grace is receiving your love in the middle of our mess Father may we choose the good part may we choose the greater than to be busy and distracted with reality and life Father may we choose to be in your presence to stay with you to not move until you tell us to move. That we would not get up and try to go and blow until you tell us to be on our way in you. And Father, for everyone that's in here this morning, I pray that you will just touch them. Breathe, breathe fresh upon their life. Father, may they know your love in a heightened, in a heightened sense today. Father, let them know how much you truly love them. And Father, I pray that as we begin to receive your love in a new way, not, not a new way, but in the fullness of your glory, as we truly 
posture ourselves to receive from you, Father. I pray that we will begin to see the restoration of lives. The resurrection life begin to come into our, our, our families, begin to come into our workplace, that the glory of the Lord would truly begin to cover the face of the earth because we've allowed you to be you. To see your face in all of your beauty. To know your grace in all of your glory. This is my difficult than the power that we receive through the spirit of Jesus Christ to bring us over, out, through, breakthrough. Amen. If you've been struggling to know the love of the Father, I want to invite you this morning. I want to pray with you. I'm going to join my faith with your faith. Bible says where two or more are gathered in unity there he, he makes himself present amen and if receiving has been a, a difficult a struggle for you I invite you to come I want to pray with you because receiving is not easy no, it's not, not been easy for me let me say that I can preach it I can say it but then when reality gets to the point where I truly have to receive and I know it's a test, amen? But I passed the test because he's a good test giver. He'll give it over and over and over and over and over and over and over until I pass it, amen? So if anybody in here this morning wants prayer, come on now. If not, I'm going to hand it over to Pastor.